Welcome to the Great Loop Radio Podcast, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we are going to start what has become kind of an annual tradition here on the Great Loop Radio Podcast. We're going to start our 2024 update for all of those of you who are perhaps still looking for your Great Loop boat or those of you who are getting ready to sell your Great Loop boat. So to kick things off, our guest today will be Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes & Associates. Many of you know Curtis already. Uh, Curtis Stokes & Associates is our current sponsor of the year, and they are a two-time winner of that award. So we'll bring Curtis in in just a moment. Uh, first, I do want to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Great Loop Yacht Sales, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And uh, now an official welcome back to Curtis Stokes. Curtis, thanks for being here again. Sure. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, and congr congratulations on the Sponsor of the Year Award for the second time. I know that was presented back at the Fall Rendezvous, so that's a little bit old news, but still want to recognize that. And thank you for thanks. your support of Loopers. Thank you. So for those of you who have not heard you on our podcast before, or have not encountered you, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you uh, came to be in the position of a yacht broker specializing in the Great Loop. Sure. Uh, well, again, I'm Curtis Stokes, and I'm president of Curtis Stokes and Associates, Inc. Uh, we are a yacht broker based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but we have 40 brokers around the country. Uh, we do business worldwide, but we specialize in Great Loop capable boats by or selling and marketing Great Loop capable boats. Buyer brokerage. Uh, I started the company in 2009. I had been with uh, Sachs Group, an old line firm, one of the original firms in Fort Lauderdale for about six, seven years. And then prior to that, I was a uh, sales manager at Hatteras Yachts at the factory in New Bern, North Carolina. And then uh, Prior to that, I was a captain on mega yachts, uh, circumnavigated the world two and a half times and uh, spent, I lost track how many years doing that, but uh, ended up in brokerage. Uh, my wife, Jill, thought it would be a good idea if I spent a little more time at home than when I was being a yacht captain. So uh, I went along with it and been doing it ever since. I'm not sure that her plan to have you at home more is really working out because I know you're on the road constantly for your clients, and I know yes. that they appreciate that. Um, but we started these kind of annual updates on the boat buying market right around 2021 after COVID had kind of wreaked havoc on the world. But in particular, you know, boats became a great way to isolate, to social distance, and we saw a huge interest in boats um, coming out of COVID 2021. Um, we sat down and had one of these chats, um, mostly talking about at that time, the headline was there's not a whole lot of good boats out there to buy. Um, the inventory was very low. What do you see, you know, potentially being the headline for 2024? Uh, probably get ready for anything. Um, this year is so totally unpredictable for so many reasons, but especially because it's an election year. Uh, and because of the Fed, uh, we keep hearing now that they might be reducing rates, which would be great for boat buying. I think it would bring in more buyers who uh, might be on the sideline who want to borrow money but don't want to pay 7% and think that rates are going to be better later in the year. So uh, we could possibly see more buyers jump in. Um, but that's certainly not going to help inventory, and inventory has been one of the biggest challenges for the past few years. 
Yeah, and we've discussed that before. Um, are you starting to see that, you know, it's been a, a seller's market for quite some time because the industry's, the inventory has been so low and there's so many buyers wanting a boat. Are you seeing those issues start to correct um, in recent years or as we move into 2024, you know, any hint of when that might normalize a bit? Well, this market is anything but normal if you compare it to pre-COVID. Uh, when looking back now, what we thought was an unpredictable market was actually pretty predictable compared to what we've been through. And it still remains somewhat unpredictable uh, comparatively. The inventory has increased slightly, but nothing like any of us expected. We are getting more listings. Uh, but, and the listings tend to stay on the market a little longer, it appears, but we still have a lot of buyers out there looking for boats. Uh, so we're in a transitional market where, uh, that, you know, we were coming from a very strong seller's market where you could just put any price on it. There was so little inventory, the boat would sell. Uh, now it's taking a lot more effort to get a boat sold. So sellers are starting to list their boats with brokers more. Uh, than trying to sell the boat themselves. Uh, but uh, nothing like the inventory we expected to see by now. I see buyers still frustrated they can't find the right boat. I also see buyers frustrated with the investment they have to make in surveys only to find out that there are some pretty major issues on the boat that they're trying to buy uh, during the survey. A uh, lot of boats having condition issues right now um, and I think it's a combination of maybe some boat owners that were new to boating that really didn't comprehend how much investment there is to put in the boat to keep it maintained properly. But also a lot of people tried to do the repairs or have the repairs done and couldn't find uh, a contractor to do the repairs. Even now, it's hard to find a boat yard or an independent who can get the work done and get it done correctly. Uh, I witnessed you know, in a situation recently where a seller paid a large amount of money to have an engine rebuilt only to find out the engine wasn't rebuilt. They only rebuilt one cylinder. And uh, now he's having to pay another large amount to have the boat rebuilt or the engine rebuilt by another contractor. And uh, it's pretty frustrating when the industry has crooks like that that take it to people. Certainly nothing new, but uh, it just seems since COVID that it's become more and more of an issue in finding a boatyard available anytime soon. I, I went to have a carburetor rebuilt recently on, a, on an outboard. They were out five weeks. So, you know, I resorted to dear old YouTube and did it myself and, you know, the darn thing runs. But, um, you know, it was out of frustration, not out of desire. So uh, it, it's still out there. We still have the labor shortage. We still have, you know, the talent pool issue for boaters. And that's probably one of the most frustrating things in the boating market right now. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good points in there because I know when we sat here, you know, three years ago, we were talking about um, the condition of the boats that are on the market not being great. And that was largely because that such a premium was being commanded. Um, a lot of the good boats sold. Um, and what was left was the dock queens that somebody thought, oh, you can get that for a boat. I'm going to sell it. Um, but at that time, I think there was a lot of speculation that as that COVID bubble, all the boats bought by first-time boaters um, in 2020 and 21, as those started to come back to the market, we'd see more condition issues like you're describing. So that's a pretty interesting point. Um, and from what I've seen and heard, the uh, the issues with uh, 
finding services for your boat are not going away anytime too soon because of the labor shortage and the fact that there were just not training people to do those kinds of jobs. So hopefully we can find a solution to that, but I don't think it's it's any happening anytime soon. No, and people are holding on to their boats longer uh, than they used to. Uh, it's amazing uh, how, how many people are holding on to their boats and going cruising after the loop uh, and extending their cruising. They like the boat and wanna keep cruising and I don't blame them. But uh, I think there was more turnover previously than there is now. So that's contributing to the lack of inventory. Um, but it, you know, it still comes down to uh, the brand and model. You know, if you have a popular brand and model, uh, especially for the Great Loop, you'll, you know, you'll probably get a premium. I have one boat that's listed for sale and we had one buyer look at the boat and he put it under contract for full asking price. Uh, just only one showing, you know. So, uh, but then others that I think are a great buy uh, are not as popular and are not getting the attention. So, um, it's still a you know very strange market. Yeah, and you know, speaking of strange and and premium pricing, we have seen for a few years this anomaly that I don't think too many of us have seen in the past, um, where boats, which is an asset that typically depreciates, have actually for some buyers have appreciated in the time that they've bought a, a boat done the great loop, uh, perhaps held onto it for a, a few, maybe three years and go to sell it. And today's market is actually commanding more in some cases, not in every case, but more than they purchased that for a few years ago, which was, you know, just something a lot of people didn't think was ever going to happen with a, an asset like a boat. Is that still happening? You know, are, are buyers still able to, I'm sorry, are sellers still able to command that kind of premium where they're actually getting more than they bought the boat for a few years ago? So I call what's going on right now the post-COVID premium. It's not the COVID premium, and it's not the pre-COVID normal pricing. We're somewhere in between. Um, I, I see sellers trying to hold on to that premium that they paid during COVID and get that in return. And I'm watching buyers who sense a slowing market, which it is, has been uh, this past year, and they're predicting in their mind a buyer's market. So they're pushing back. So there's a lot of push and pull on the pricing going on, which is common in a transitional market. I mean, we've seen this many times before. Uh, and where we're successful is where we can bring a buyer and seller together on a compromise. Uh, but that compromise seems to be dragging out through the whole purchase process of you know this information, that information, survey issues, survey repairs, uh, and there's just a whole lot of compromise going on right now. So it's kind of a post-COVID semi-premium uh, pricing going on, but it still depends on the brand and model also. So somewhat of a, a correction, if you will, in some cases, but we're not quite all the way back to where we were in 2019, for example. Absolutely not, no. So um, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, you started to, you mentioned that it's taking longer for buyers to buy a boat, that the process is dragging out with um, multiple surveys. I want to dive into that a little bit, but let's go ahead and take a break first and play a message from one of our sponsors, and we'll pick it up there when we come back. Our friends at Argo Navigation have created a free boating app that gives AGLCA boaters an easier way to plan their trip, navigate safely, and share information with fellow loopers. Argo has nautical chart coverage throughout North America, auto or manual routing, depths and tracks to avoid shallow water, 
trip details while en route, and a captain's log to save everything. You can also see other boaters, message them, and share experiences with in-app social features. Coming soon is a premium version with weather, wind, tides, offline charts, and more. Download the Argo Boating app on the App Store or Google Play. Green Turtle Bay Marina and Resort has consistently been voted a must-stop by loopers. It has earned the coveted five-anchor designation from Quimby's Cruising Guide. This full-service marina features over 450 slips. They are located at mile marker 31.5 on the scenic Cumberland River. Green Turtle Bay is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA, so join them and find your waterway of life. We're back on the Great Loop Radio podcast. My guest today is Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes and Associates. We are doing our 2024 update on the boat buying and selling market. And Curtis is sharing his insight with us on his, as he usually says, he's got his crystal ball out and he is giving us his predictions for 2024. Um, So we started to talk about the fact that this process is not... um, I don't know if I want to say as smooth as it once was because it's kind of nobody's fault when the, uh, you know a survey uh, proves that there's a, an issue with the boat, but it does seem to be taking longer to go through the steps to to reach that compromise deal that you talked about to get the survey results. Um, how long is it typically taking for your clients to find a looping boat? And and first, I'm kind of asking about the shopping process, and I know that can vary wildly, but you know how long from the time they start looking till they find what they think is the one. And then how long does it take from submitting an offer generally to closing? It's all over the place. Like you said, it depends on the buyer and how specific their search parameters are, their budget, uh, how realistic all of that is. Uh, and uh, the brand and model, again, I keep coming back to that. You know, some certain brands and models are, are there are a number out there and others it's still hard to find. Uh, I, some I have buyers that are finding a boat very quickly because they've been watching the market for a while and then suddenly come in and go, this is the boat we want, boom. Uh, but then I have other buyers. I have some coming in tomorrow uh, into South Florida to look at boats and already one of the boats is under contract and that's happened to us numerous times. Uh, we have another buyer that came in yesterday and to go on a cruise on a cruise ship and put an offer in on a boat they haven't seen yet because they wanted to try to tie it up until they could get the chance to see it in person. So we still have that going on where we're writing offers contingent on personal inspections. Um, we have other buyers that, you know, one gave up today. Uh, they're going over to Europe and they're, they're uh, going to be staying there next year instead of buying a boat uh, because they just haven't found anything on the market that they want to buy. And so I see all of the above quite a bit. But when we do get it under contract, I do find the surveyors are available sooner, typically. So it's not taking four weeks to get a surveyor scheduled. Uh, they're, they're more available. And uh, then, you know, the documentation, the Coast Guard's still a couple months out. Uh, but a good documentation agent is moving that process through reasonably. So it's still three to four weeks to get a you know a transaction closed if everything falls in place and we don't have a lot of survey issues to deal with. Uh, but uh, some people, you know, in the buying process are still frustrated and uh, it, it just really depends on how patient they are, you know, in finding the right boat. Yeah. You know, I still hear from members occasionally who are coming far distances, whether it's the West Coast, whether they're coming from overseas and they're kind of... Um 
planning to arrive in Florida and buy a boat, boom, <laughs> and start off on the Great Loop, which certainly is an ideal and perhaps would lead you to, to making some compromises on that boat. Um, but so if you're not, if that's not your plan, if you want to, you know, undertake a more thorough search, any kind of guideline you would suggest on how far in advance of your planned departure date for the Great Loop, you should actually start the search in earnest? I really think the sooner the better, uh, keeping in mind that you're not ready to buy, let's say, for six months. You have that time to educate yourself. The more boats that you can look at online, the more boats you can get on in person. Even if you're two years uh, out, you know, you're not going to get a broker to go and uh, inspect a boat uh, in, you know, get on a plane and inspect a boat at some crazy uh, airfare if you're five years out. But going to a rendezvous or going you know, around at different times to look at boats, uh, but studying online more and more. And of course, taking into account a lot of information online, you know, might not be absolutely accurate, but you'll learn the process rather than the last minute jumping in and trying to buy a boat. And the biggest thing is, you know, first working on insurance, because if you're two years out and you connect with an insurance broker like, you know, John Norton or someone, you know, one of the AGLCA insurance sponsors, and you can work with them to figure out over this time how to improve your insurance ability, if you will, uh, then, you know, that's more important than being out looking for the boats right now. Every conversation I have with a new client starts about insurance. And I'm still absolutely amazed the people who have no clue what's going on in the insurance market or marine insurance market. Uh, I had a, a woman call me uh, two days ago. She and her husband, like you said, they came to Florida. They're in a hotel and they want to buy a quote unquote live aboard, which is the worst word in the world for insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have sold everything. They don't have any real estate to use, you know, for their uh, domicile for insurance. So she was shocked at what I was telling her about insurance. And of course, I was sending her, trying to send her to John Horton so he could give her the bad news instead of me. <laughs> you know, I get blamed for what's going on in the insurance market instead of me. But seriously, you know, the, it, it's the insurance, 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 insurance. Everybody who's looking for a boat has to tackle that and overcome that obstacle before they go looking at boats all over the place. I mean, Florida's great this time of year you know, for vacationing for people who live in the north or out west, but it's crowded right now. I just came from, uh, where was I, uh, Port Charlotte uh, to Fort Lauderdale. The traffic was unreal. You know, the airports are packed. It's it's wintertime in Florida, so you've got to pack a lot of patience uh, if you're coming to Florida to look for boats. And the other thing people don't realize, and you know, when they see uh, a boat is in Stewart online, if the owners are on that boat, they're cruising probably. So they could have left Stewart and gone to Jacksonville or they could have gone to Key West and maybe the broker hasn't kept up with the location or they didn't tell the broker that they were leaving Stewart, which I've had happen. So you have to take the location with a grain of salt also and be prepared to travel extensively through Florida and Florida is a big state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is, it's, almost impossible it has been for a few years to have a discussion like this about buying a boat and not talk about insurance. Um, and if you are a regular follower of our podcast, you know that typically after we have done this update with Curtis, we have brought on John Horton with Jack Martin and Associates. He is one of our insurance sponsors. 
and he usually gives us a market update there as well. We will be doing that in a few weeks. Um, we have it scheduled. We were actually going to do it in a couple of weeks. Um, but then John let me know that he is expecting kind of updated terms and, you know, the, the kind of requirements that we've seen from insurance companies where they want a certain amount, a certain years of um, ownership, or they want, you can only buy a boat a certain number of feet larger than your last boat that you owned. He's expecting an update to all of that around a month from now, around February 1st. So we decided to delay the update with him until he's got that. And he's had a little bit of time to talk to his contacts and, you know, dive into what those changes really mean. We don't know what they may be. They may make things better. They may stay exactly the same. Hopefully they won't make things worse. But in the interim, you know, if you're waiting for that episode of the podcast, which is probably going to be a month to a month and a half before that comes out, you can still go back to our 2023 or 2022 version of our insurance update podcast from January of those years. Um, the issues as of this point have not changed a whole lot. So if you're, if this is news to you, um, definitely go back and look at that. But previous boat ownership uh, seems to still be the thing that the insurance companies are really- In the age of the boat. In the age of the boat. Yeah. Um, so that that's good to know. And I think that's also something, um, you know, it becomes a challenge to find something that's in the size you want, and the age you want, and the price you want, and then have to worry about the insurance. So, you know, the biggest takeaway, I think, um, that we've tried to stress, and I know, Curtis, you've, you've joined us in this, is move that insurance conversation with an expert up in the boat buying process. Years ago, you could work with Curtis and get through the whole process and, you know, call an insurance agent at the end, and most likely everything would be fine. Um, that is no longer the case. And it really... Uh, breaks my heart when I hear from a member who's like, we just bought a boat and then we found out we can't get insurance. So um, yeah. if that's the case, they probably bought the boat uh, a private sale or had the wrong broker because your broker should also be guiding you through that very earlier in the process about uh, checking out Absolutely. insurance. So um, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's a change from how things were several years ago. So um so have you seen any changes in what loopers are looking for in a boat? You've been working with loopers for a long time. You know, I can remember 10 or 15 years ago, we would have an event and the majority of the boats would be trawlers. Uh, now we have one and there's certainly more motor yachts or go fast boats, as we might say, out at the docks at our events. What has changed over time and especially looking into 2024 that it seems like loopers are wanting for their great loop boat? Well, I think a lot of that is insurance driven again. We keep, you know, over and over talking about insurance, but that's what's driving it. I see more and more people coming into the boat market who are relatively new to boating or owned a very small boat, like a 20 foot center console years ago as a kid or, you know, 20 years ago. And uh, now they want a 50 foot boat and they're struggling with insurance. So it's driving people to buy newer boats that are 20 years and newer, because that seems to be where the insurance companies have fallen recently in their parameters uh, for underwriting. And uh, uh, it's just, so if a buyer goes to an insurance underwriter or insurance broker uh, or you know call house and says, I've only owned a 20 foot center console ever, and I want to buy a 1977, you know, uh, trawler, they're going to say no because of the age of the boat and because of the lack of experience. Or, you know, if it's a bigger trawler, if it's a, within 10 to 12 foot, they have a shot. But the two strikes against them, it's a lot easier to go and buy a newer boat where it's not a strike against them and just deal with their lack of ownership experience. So that's where I see a lot of these people starting to go where they're like, 
okay, I'd love to have the fuel efficiency of the crawler, but I understand on the internet, I can run this, you know, Silverton 43 at trawler speed, as long as I run it up and burn off the carbon and blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they read all these forum posts and everything about this. So they settle for that Silverton instead of a trawler. Uh, and I, I still see it as, as mainly insurance driven, but also, you know, I also oftentimes see women prefer the lighter interior of a motor yacht, like a Sea Ray, Cruisers, uh, Carver, Silverton, that type of uh, design, than the dark wood uh, teak interior uh, of the typical trawlers that are older. And so that, that drives it some too, because you know, you've got to compromise in a couple uh, in, in that design. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we have a lot of people who are older getting into boating or, or moving in, you know, different boats. And uh, it's the molded in steps over and over again, instead of a ladder. I don't want a ladder. I want molded in steps. I've got new knees, new hips, you know, so our, the aging process is affecting that also. Yeah, for sure. So as we start to wrap up, um, a lot of loopers are that are in the market for a boat. This is either their first boat or their first big boat. Um, where they're really kind of going through this type of buying process. What's, uh, you know, some advice, what's the biggest thing that you wish loopers knew when they started their search for their boat? Well, again, the insurance hurdles, and we, I think we've covered that extensively enough. Uh, but yeah, if people knew that and dealt with it early on, it wouldn't be such a hurdle, or at least they would know their search parameters and their limitations and would get that frustration out of the way and have a clear view of what they really should be looking at uh, boat-wise. And I think because when people contact a broker, they're typically ready to get out and see some boats. And they don't want the broker like me saying, well, have you looked into insurance? No, what are you talking about? Let's just get out there and see boats. Well, no, we need to talk about insurance. And it, they, they almost feel like I'm holding them back from seeing boats, you know, and, and spoiling their fun uh, when we just have to get over this hurdle. And once we're over that hurdle, then we know, let's go out and look at boats, but let's go look at the right boats, you know, so you're not spending $1,000 on airfare to fly to Florida in January, February, and uh, looking at boats you can't even buy. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, uh, some some loopers, the recommendation because of the insurance has been a step up boat, which if that is go and what I mean by that is if you can only buy a boat uh, or get insured for a boat that is 10 feet longer than the length of what you currently own or once owned, and you want a boat that's 30 feet longer for the Great Loop, um, by planning ahead a few years and talking to um, an agent, an insurance person who knows all these ins and outs, they can kind of guide you and, and you do have time to get kind of a step up boat, a middle of the road boat that maybe isn't your looping boat, but you can hold on to for a couple of years to build up that ownership um, resume, so to speak. Are you seeing um, some loopers having to default to that, Curtis? Yes, absolutely. Um, I had one client who was adamant that they could buy a 45-foot boat. I was adamant they needed to go and talk to their insurance broker. Uh, they did. They came back and they said, we've changed our mind. Not only are we reducing the size of the boat, but we're increasing our budget. And uh, that's what they had to do, you know, and they just said, we're going to do this for a couple of years and then or a year and, and then we're going to try to move up. Uh, so, sure, it's an option. Um, people are doing it. Yeah, it's, it certainly has been some interesting times for a few years now. And Curtis, we appreciate yes. the uh, market update for 2024. Um, 
thank you for sharing your knowledge and your time. As always, we really appreciate the support. Well, get ready. 2024, I think, is going to be no less interesting than it has been uh, for you know a number of factors. But I think the inventory will will improve slightly for buyers. Um, and I don't think we're, we're looking at a crash in pricing, but I think there's going to be a lot of confusion and distraction ongoing with the elections and what the Fed's going to do and this and that. And just got to stay focused. And, uh, you know, the boats are there. We just have to focus on where they are and, and get them through. Yep, absolutely. And if there are some big changes in all of this, uh, we don't necessarily have to wait till our 2025 update. If there's something going on, we'll get Curtis back and, and share the details. So, Curtis, again, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's watched or listened today. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Great Loop Radio podcast. Until then, safe cruising. Mm -hmm.